Good morning, everyone. I am really excited and honored and just grateful to share the message that um, I feel like God has put on my heart for all of you this morning. Stand very still? Okay. <laughs> um, that'll give me an excuse to stay near my notes, so appreciate that. Um, the series that we're in right now is a series about choices. Every day, we're obviously faced with so many choices, what we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, how we're going to respond to situations, um, the attitude that we're going to take. Studies say that the average adult makes approximately, anyone want to guess? No, 35,000 conscious and unconscious choices a day. Um, and each one of those has its own outcome. So. Right now, you have a choice to even listen. I mean, I hope you do. It's only about 20 minutes, so hopefully you'll get something out of this. But nonetheless, making choices requires intention. To start off a couple weeks ago, we talked about choosing gratitude. And choosing gratitude helps us, <laughs> helps us shift from a negative to a positive attitude. It makes us feel happier, and it makes us see the gifts and the blessings that surround us in our world, even when things don't look so great. Last week, we talked about choosing love and how love needs to be the driving force behind everything that we do. And we can access that love through Jesus, and that's really the pure love that we want to we access when we're going out into the world and making decisions and caring for people. This week, I want to talk about something that feels so timely in a season that is chaotic and unpredictable. Some days, 2020 feels like we're on a boat caught in a storm, and there's waves crashing all over the place, and the wind is blowing, and it doesn't feel like there's a way out, and you don't know if the next wave is the one that's going to take you out. Well, believe it or not, even in those instances, we have a choice. We can choose peace. That sounds kind of crazy, right? Let's look at what Jesus says about accessing peace. So I'm going to turn to John 14, if you have your Bibles. Okay. So in John 14, we're looking at a passage right before Jesus is taken away to be crucified. He's giving his disciples their final words of encouragement and instruction about what's to come. And they have a lot of questions, and they don't, they don't know what things are going to look like moving forward. Um, but Jesus knows. Jesus knows that the persecution they're going to endure, the mission they're going to take, and that ultimately many of them will give all. Towards the end of this chapter, he explains that when he leaves, the Holy Spirit will come alongside them. So we start in verse 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Sorry, this is a little juggling. I'm still learning. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's a coincidence. This is how he sets up verse 27, where he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The Holy Spirit will come and be with you. Now, I don't think it's a far throw to wonder if Jesus knew that this would comfort them. As opposed to, I'm leaving, here's my instructions, what's going to happen, here's some peace, bye. No. 
he gives them all the instruction and encouragement, and then reassures them that the Holy Spirit is coming and will follow and will remind them and walk with them. And I am so grateful for that. The Holy Spirit will always be with us, ahead of us, and reminding us of the things that Jesus says. We all know everything Jesus says is so intentional, and I love and appreciate that so much. So before we start to dive into this verse, let's pray. God, peace is something we all so desperately need right now. And while I can talk about peace and describe peace and explain peace as much as I want, God, your presence is what brings peace. So God, I pray that you would go ahead of my words. And for whoever it is that's struggling right now or people who feel like they just can't grasp it, God, I pray that you would meet their hearts because, Jesus, you are, you are what matters. Not the words and the descriptions, but you are what matters. So we just invite you to come and be with us and go ahead of my words. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Today I want to talk about peace, shalom. It's a hot topic during the Christmas season and during 2020, don't you think? What do you think of when you think about peace? I was going for this nice walk yesterday, and I was like, oh, this is so peaceful. There was no one around, and it was just beautiful, and I, I experienced peace, and I felt God's presence. And some other words that come to mind are quiet, and the ocean is where I find peace, and coffee before the kids wake up, that's so peaceful, um, and unity. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. Shalom, or peace be with you, is a very common greeting, especially during this time, but it has a very rich meaning. The word peace, depending on the translation, is mentioned 250 to 400 times in the Old and the New Testament. The meaning of shalom, as it's used in the Bible, isn't just referring to a quiet or lack of conflict, but it's referring to completeness or wholeness. It's a putting back together of the broken pieces inside us and in our world. In the Old Testament, the word shalom was used as a restoration of relationships or conflict. But then, as we begin to hear about Jesus and move into the New Testament, Jesus would be described as the Prince of Peace, the one who would serve as our shalom with God. God offers us the peace through his son who came to reconcile us to him. He came to bring shalom to all the broken pieces of the world. Wholeness, completeness, peace to the chaos. This shalom would offer us a better way to walk walk through this life, one of purpose, one of value, one of an unshakable identity, and the opportunity to be in relationship with the creator of the universe. This is the gift he offers us. So that sounds really nice, right? I want that. How do we accept and walk in peace? By knowing and recognizing the one at the helm. So I'll tell you a quick story. I used to hate boats 
did not like them. I did not like being on them. But that's a big problem when you grow up at the Jersey Shore with a boating family. So I grew up around marinas and the fishing industry, and I hung out on the docks all the time. So naturally, there was a lot of time that we spent out on the water in boats. But for some reason, I held on to this fear of hitting the next wave and capsizing or falling overboard or something like that, um, despite the fact that everybody who was in control of the boat was very capable and knew exactly what they were doing. But I was white-knuckling under the cabin, waiting to be back on dry land. Now, as time went on, the ocean went over my heart, and I acknowledged the expertise of those at the helm. I learned to breathe in the fresh air, I learned to roll with the waves, I learned to admire and appreciate the wildlife surrounding us out on the water. I can remember one time in my early 20s when I went out fishing with my brother, just he and I. Um, my brother Aaron had a special spot, one of many, um, that was like seven miles offshore, so it was quite a ride. Now my brother has had a boating license since before he could even drive a car. Um, he can navigate the water under the most treacherous circumstances. He's had tons of jobs that have lended him mountains of experience. Um, and he knows, he knows how to read the ocean. He understands it. Um, so being on a boat with my brother, no matter where we go, I can feel at peace. I feel at peace because I recognize the one at the helm. He knows how to navigate the waterways. He knows the direction of land. He knows when the weather is going to turn and how to take on the big weight coming at us from the big boat that's going by. He can read all the instruments on the boat. When I am out on the ocean with my brother Aaron, I am at peace. When I recognize Jesus in the midst of whatever is going on in my life, good or bad, I am at peace. I know who he is, and I know he sees things differently than I do. But there is a conscious choice to be made to trust the one at the helm. In order to trust God, we have to know who he is and what he says about who we are. And some of you may be learning and experiencing these things for the first time. And some of you just need to go back and you need a reminder because this has been a really crazy season. And it's so easy to lose sight of who God is in all the chaos. So who is God in every circumstance? He is love. God is love. He is good. He is a provider. He's everywhere and he's infinite. He's just and he's holy. He is father. He is faithful and he adores you. And he has a good plan for you. He is all these things and so much more. And he sent Jesus so that you and I and our parents and our kids and the neighbor next door who is struggling and the neighbor two doors down who you need the grace of Jesus to love can absolutely have shalom, wholeness, completeness, peace. Know the one at the helm. When we understand the story of who God is and who he says we are, we can trust in his plan. Trust that he is in control, and trust that we can give up control. The book of Philippians is written by a man named Paul. Now, Paul had a um, very dramatic um, encounter with God that changed him in every way. And he wrote this letter while being imprisoned for preaching the gospel after he became a Christ follower. 
he writes these words. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that's Philippians 4, 4 through 7. This is Paul. Paul encountered immense persecution and was jailed several times. And he's writing to us about a peace that passes all understanding. I don't know about you, but I want that peace. When we choose peace, the one that only God can offer, our situation may not change. The perspective of our current situation will change. When we ask God what he has for us in any given season, where he is moving in our everyday lives, he picks up all the pieces and he makes shalom. There's no season too broken or too scattered for God to piece back together. Scattered resonates with me a lot because I feel like I can get very, very scattered. (laughs) But when I sit with God, he picks up all the pieces that are floating around in my brain and he puts them together and he makes shalom. As we draw closer to God, We draw closer to his peace. Peace comes to us because that's who he is. That's just what happens when we turn our eyes to God in the middle of uncertainty. When we choose to focus on who he is, the creator of the universe, and the one who created us with a plan in mind. We are given peace. He restores our shalom. Like I mentioned earlier, I grew up in South Jersey, um, and I ended up here to attend Bridgewater State College, which is a whole other God story in itself. Um, vintage college before it was university. Uh, worked, I worked for a while after college. I met my husband, Josh. I got a job, and we kind of be began to settle and grow roots here. But we never really felt settled. There was something keeping us here. Hello, Amanda, that was God. But... We toyed with it. For the first few years of our marriage, we lived in an apartment, which gave me the comfortable feeling of always feeling like we could move home to Jersey. We both had a sweet spot in our heart there. We both loved visiting and going down and the home I grew up in, and we're very close to my family. But being here, so being here was always a little hard. We were always very torn. But we knew deep down in our hearts that God's call for us was here. Every year that our lease agreement was up to be resigned, we toyed with the idea of, is this the year? Do we stay? Do we go? And we would end up resigning it. And I felt like I lived my life with one foot out the door. And I described it all the time as, we're just waiting for the green light to go. Now, that doesn't really help when you're trying to like, commit to things with your whole heart or build relationships. Um, and it just created a lot of like, tension and anxiety and uncertainty um, being up here. So the time came where it financially made more sense for us to buy a home. And this idea really terrified me. It upset me. It felt like the roots would be more permanent if we bought a home and started having kids and they were in the school system. And it just felt hard. It felt like I would be completely giving up the dream of ever moving back to the place and family that I wanted to be near. We wrestled with the decision for God with God for months. And then one night... I was driving down the road, 
and there was this great song that came on that I had just been loving those days, and the chorus is, I'm going to make this place your home. And I felt as close to the audible voice as God as I ever have, do you trust me? And all it took was a simple, yes, I trust you, God, for the anxiety of that decision to move out and for peace to move in. We knew that God had a plan, and we knew that it would be a good one. Now, don't get me wrong, I still miss my family and my home, and we love our visits, and I'll always be a Jersey girl through and through, though I did learn to pump my own gas. I know that's like a Jersey thing. <laughs> um, but being a Jersey girl isn't what brings me peace. Being in alignment with God's plan and what he's asking me to do does. And I want you to take a minute and reflect on that and ask God, is there something in my life that I am aligning myself with that is giving me an unsettled feeling in my soul where I need to be over here, where your plan is for me, where I can feel at peace? Know the giver. Trust the giver. His message is love, and his gift is peace. Even hundreds of years before his arrival on earth, in the book of Isaiah, we read, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He comes as the Prince of Peace, the one who brings wholeness to our broken, beat-up humankind. And then on that first night when he was born, the angels sought out the shepherds to share the good news. And in their song, they sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. That's Luke 8, 14. And all throughout his ministry, Jesus carried peace. He carried peace into conflict, into areas of tension, and in areas of question, and in areas of religious perspectives and in, in areas of mourning, Jesus walked in peace, and we even see it play out in nature. At one point in Jesus' ministry, he and the disciples decided they needed to go to the other side of this big lake, so they get on a boat, and it's overnight, and the weather has turned. In Mark four thirty-seven, we pick up, and it says, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking on the boat, so the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep, on the cushion. And they woke him up and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and said, Peace, be still. Some translations say, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased and there was great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they filled with great fear, and they said to one another, Who is this then that even the waves and the wind obey him? He's the Prince of Peace. Know him, fix your eyes on him, and trust him. Peace follows. On the flip side of that, we have to recognize what's not of God. In the next little piece of this verse, he says, I do not give to you as the world gives. He's explaining that this is different than anything we could humanly create. 
This peace is a unique and supernatural peace that's only found in a life connected to Jesus. True peace is not going to be found in material things, in how high up the corporate ladder you get. It's not going to be ordered on two-day Amazon shipping. It can't be found in other spiritual practices that are masked as peace and light and healing. It is not going to be found in your number of religious duties or number of times that you show up at church, though please do. We love seeing you, and community is important. But community is different than finding peace. There are no amounts of human actions that can be done to keep it all together. And I think we've all tried that, right? I know I have, and I keep doing it, and I keep going back to Jesus and saying, No, you were right. You were, you were definitely right. It's not, I cannot figure this out. Those feelings that we acquire outside of a life with Jesus may feel rewarding and satisfying in the moment, but they will never reach the depths of your soul that Jesus will freely offer. Peace is definitely not what the world is handing us, right? This year alone, families are separated by sickness and social distancing, juggling childcare and education. Society is experiencing deep racial and political divides. There are financial and employment challenges, and the list goes on and on and on. And these holidays look so different this year for most of us. It's painful to not be around the people and enjoy the traditions that we treasure so much. It's necessary to grieve the loss of reality and change. Grief is something we have to process, or it will fester, and it will draw us into darkness. But then, remember the giver. Remember the one at the helm. Your circumstances may not change, but there will be a peace that passes all understanding. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let them be fearful. This is the third piece of this very jam-packed sentence that Jesus gives us in this verse. He ends with these words. He knows that when we choose peace, that we are unshakable. Nothing about my environment when I learned to love being out on the water changed. The ocean was still the ocean. The boats were still steered by the same very competent people who steered them when I was young. But I made a choice. Things changed when I chose to trust the one at the helm. And my friends, God is at the helm. That's a promise I will cling to no matter what. When there are no answers, when the world is completely upside down, and just when we think it's not going to get any worse, it does. We know that the storm will blow, the waves will churn, and the boat will get battered. But Jesus is at the helm, and I will be at peace. We will get where we need to go. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Do you know the giver of peace? Do you recognize the the things that are not of God in your life, the things that are masked as peace, what are you going to choose? So 
like I kind of mentioned in the beginning, I can talk about peace until I'm blue in the face, and I can come up with all of these very tweet-worthy phrases and hashtags, and none of it matters if Jesus' presence isn't with us. So I want to end with an exercise. I'm going to invite the worship team up, and they're going to kind of just play quietly behind us for a couple of minutes. And I want us to sit for a minute and close your eyes and take a deep breath in. Take another one if you need to, like I do. I want us to take a posture of receiving. Sometimes we do that by opening our hands, whatever feels comfortable for you. And think about when we receive, you can't already have something in your hands. So if there's something you need to lay down or let let go of control of or just kind of lay at Jesus' feet. Take a minute to do that first. And then I want us to ask God to show us peace. And when you see it, it is still your choice. And I hope you choose it. This is his gift to you. God, we just want to invite you. We are so grateful to be in your presence. So God, whatever storm is churning or whatever tension we're experiencing or decisions we're wrestling over, God, I pray that your presence would just come and meet us deep down below all of that, God. And we invite your spirit to just show us the peace that passes all understanding and doesn't make any sense 